Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Bible Quest, uh, the Tuesday edition. Glad for everybody that can join us today. And so if you're coming in on the Zoom app and you want to interact with us on the show, uh, you can use the Q&A box or the chat window. Either one of those is fine. And we'll be able to look at those comments as the show's going on. Or if you're on Scott's Facebook page, uh, then you can just put your comments in the live video and, and we'll get to those. Um, today, there's just two of us, but we are actually together now. So Justin, ever. Yeah. yeah, so Justin is... is uh, here with me. Um, we are in upstate New York uh, for a week-long <clears throat> men's Bible study camp, young men's Bible study camp. So we are surrounded by uh, what, 11 to 20-year-olds mm -hmm. and then a few gray heads here yeah. and there. Yeah. Uh, from that to come and uh, do this study with you guys. Yeah. So, um, so we're going to go back into what we've been doing uh, kind of periodically and looking through the gospel of Mark and where we got to the final time when we were in Mark was finishing up chapter three. So we're ready to start chapter four, uh, which really begins kind of this new section in Mark for, for kind of the first time in Mark, you get some insight into Jesus's preaching and his actual words and the dialogue that he has and some of his sermons and, and his teaching style. We, you've already noticed that in Mark, people have been astounded by his teaching speaks with authority in chapter one, but in Mark four, Mark gives us some insight into like what that teaching was and uh, his, um, I don't know, Justin, you want to read the, the beginning of Mark four? Yeah, we're going to read uh, verses one through nine here. <clears throat> Again, he began to teach beside the sea and a very large crowd gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land and he was teaching the many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed on the pack, the bird and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. And he said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Before we get into the actual story, I just I think that the first couple of verses are really cool because uh, if, if Mark is recording a myth, then verse 1 doesn't fit. Yeah. You know, Jesus came and taught, and here was the teaching, but he spends some time talking talking about the setup he's by the sea he's on a boat uh why is he on a boat um and it's just kind of cool about the way jesus is using his surroundings to amplify his voice um i've never been to the sea of galilee mm -hmm. i have some friends who've been there and uh they've done this kind of experiment where one of them is down by the sea mm -hmm. and another goes up on top of the hill and it, it creates sort of this natural amphitheater. Mm -hmm. And so if Jesus is on the water, of course, his, his disciples are fishermen. This makes sense. Um, there's this uh, realistic touch to this story. This isn't just a myth. This actually happened this way. Yeah. Uh, anybody reading this, it, this doesn't sound like a myth. This, yeah. this actually happened. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And there are a lot of different things within the Gospels, not just in Mark, that prove that. I don't think we've talked about that in Mark. Um, but the, the one that stands out to me the most that kind of does that is Luke, who gives a lot of timestamps and historical data right. to back up 
the setting and things that are going on in this in the world around you know what what governor was reigning in the roman you know empire at that point who the caesar was all kinds of different timestamps like that so that's a good observation it's cool um but yeah so he, he gets into this story this teaching um and verse two says that his teaching what he was doing uh he was teaching them with many parables or teaching them many in parables. Um, and the beginning of Mark 4 starts with one of the parables, which I think is a, just a really good, I think we mentioned the last time, a really good starting point introduction to parables. Um, I think, you can correct me, Justin, if you know or not, I think in all of the Gospels, this is the first parable recorded yes. in, in all of them. Yeah. Um, and there are different points in the different Gospels, but when the parable sections start in the Gospels, this is the first one. There are some kind of like miniature parables you yeah. can use beforehand, sure. but this is the first fully formed parable. Yeah, and so in a lot of ways, this is just a good general parable to wrap your mind around kind of the, the principles of even why Jesus teaches in parables. He, he go, goes on to explain that later on in Mark 4, but I want to just kind of think before we get to the explanation section, which is great that we have that. We don't get that with every parable, but before you get to that, just putting yourself in the situation of the followers of Christ in this moment, you're you're at the Sea of Galilee. Jesus has gotten out. You're here to you know hear him teach, hear the things that he has to say, uh, maybe see some of the miracles that he's performing, maybe come to be healed or, or whatever. Um, but you're there, and then Jesus starts talking, and he starts talking about a farmer, <laughs> just kind of a random, seem like a random story. Right. That would be weird. <laughs> it's like we didn't come here for agricultural lessons and by the way this is a bad one because he's wasting a bunch of seeds. <laughs> yeah. so he has very strange sort of story yeah and that's completely intentional right for jesus to do that and you know that that's intentional because of how he kind of ends this section so we, we won't go through at least i'm not planning on dissecting these first eight verses because jesus will kind of do that for us right. in the next section but verse nine i think is really important in this whole process and the beginning of verse three um in my translation the first word in verse three is listen and as he rounds out his story in verse 9 he says he who has ears to hear let him hear or listen right um you know he, he, he kind of bookends this whole thing with pay attention to what i'm about to say yeah and the story that he tells whenever he explains it really that's the theme of the story how you listen matters and we'll kind of break that down a little bit more but do you have anything else that you want to point out in, in that first section yeah maybe, maybe just this um in verse two this word parable um it's a word that when you start looking at the old testament there's a whole book that's devoted to parables mm -hmm. uh it's called proverbs and we usually think of proverbs and parables maybe in different ways but it's actually the exact same word mm -hmm. if you go back and look at the greek translation the septuagint of the hebrew bible uh, the word there is, is for parable. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and it literally means to lay beside. Mm -hmm. uh, and we'll often say things like it's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Sometimes, you know, it's not always about heaven, uh, but it's just a spiritual meaning. But the idea is you take these two ideas and lay them side by side. And because you put them side by side, it unlocks a, an understanding that you maybe didn't know before. And the trick to this is for the teacher to know both things. Because um, the audience is be familiar with one but not familiar with the other mm -hmm. and, and i think it's it's helpful that god who understands spiritual truth mm -hmm. becomes a man and shows a 
a real familiarity with just everyday physical earthly stuff. Mm -hmm. Like this is about growing food. Yeah. Uh, and Jesus, he empathizes and he understands what this is like and we can relate to that. So these two things side by side help us to appreciate things that we wouldn't understand mm -hmm. except that Jesus unlocks it because he does understand. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you see that starting to happen in verse 10 the the crowds have gotten the earthly side of it and his disciples have gotten the earthly side of it right and it's okay <laughs> like you know that okay cool story good advice maybe maybe bad advice like what you said Amen. um but what's the point and so that's where verse 10 picks up so so let me read this section and then we'll be able to focus more in on, on kind of what jesus's purpose is uh in verse 10 it says when he was alone the those around with the 12 asked him about the parables and he said to them to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of god but for those outside everything is in parables so that they may indeed see and not perceive and may indeed hear but not understand lest they should turn and be forgiven and he said to them do you not understand this parable how then will you understand all of the parables the sower sows the word and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown to them. And these are the ones that are sown on rocky ground. The, one who, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. But they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among the thorns. They, hear, they are those that hear the word. But the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke out the word, and it, and it proves unfruitful. But these are the ones on the good soil. They are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit, 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. Um, so we'll just stop right there. I think the next section is, is deeply connected to this, but we'll, we'll just kind of stop right there for now um, part of what jesus says it is kind of he takes a step back from the parable itself to explain just in general why he's speaking in parables and it's really interesting what he says in verse 11 um the the disciples come to him they ask him about the parables that he's telling um and jesus says um really what these parables are are the secrets of the kingdom of heaven the exact point that you just made justin right. that they, there's this dual kind of purpose to them they're they're like what we say often earthly stories with a heavenly meaning jesus sort of says that these are the secrets of the kingdom of god if you want to know about the kingdom of god they're, they're in these stories um, that he's telling but there are a group of people that all they are are just stories right um for people that are outside they're, they're just parables they're, they're just the earthly side of it it's just a farmer wasting seed um and he quotes from the old testament scripture to show that God knew that that was going to be the case all along. There were going to be these kinds of people that are like that, that, that they'll, they'll see, but not really perceive they'll hear, but not really understand that they won't turn to be forgiven. There's a type of person that Jesus is really, I think, trying to focus in on that has an academic understanding of God, of God's word can maybe quote what God's word is, but they're not allowing it to do in their life what it should do um and to that person the teachings of christ the truth of god's word will just be an academic exercise it won't actually do what it's 
intended to do in their life. And that's not a good place to be, right. which will, in the next section, Jesus will talk extensively about that. Yeah, like, like the next back to verse nine, which you'd said, like, pay, pay attention. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Just because you actually have physical ears mm -hmm. doesn't mean you're listening the way Jesus wants you to listen. Just because you have physical eyes in verse 12 doesn't mean that you're actually going to be able to see things clearly. So there's a, a sight that Jesus wants to awaken he does that through teaching mm -hmm. uh and it's you know the the messiah came to teach it's the primary thing that jesus comes to do yeah. uh yes he heals uh yes he rules yes he serves yes he dies in uh sacrifice and we're going to see that he came not to serve but or not to be served but to serve so his, his sacrifice is central to everything he's doing mm -hmm. but he is teaching here to unlock um understanding of all that he's going to be doing mm -hmm. so if we don't listen and then well, I'm about to get too far ahead of ourselves. We've got to listen. Yeah. We've got to really make sure we're not just hearing, but we're intently trying to understand, which is, I think, the 12 and then the other disciples, verse 10, they're, they're, sometimes we get the idea that they're just 12 disciples, yeah. but there's a whole crowd of people. Yeah. Not everybody in the crowd is a disciple. Mm -hmm. uh, some people are just there because it's the most fun thing to do in town right now. <laughs> you know, the carnival has come, Jesus has come, mm -hmm. you might see a miracle. Mm -hmm. um, but there are people who want more. They want to uh, try to figure this out. And I think that's encouraging because maybe as a disciple, you don't get everything. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't understand everything that I hear. I read the Bible and I scratch my head. That's how, nah. uh, and there are problems. Uh, I was just in a Bible study earlier today and, and one of the guys is saying, so with doubts, well, what do you do? You keep coming. Mm -hmm. And what, what marks these disciples is that they are men who just keep coming to Jesus and yeah. Jesus doesn't say, well, you nincompoops, why didn't you get it? <laughs> mm -hmm. He slows down and says, hey, I'll give this to you. It's been yeah. given to you. So he's a compassionate teacher. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I like what you said about, because the understanding and, and being able to get to that point is important and something that God will, will give yes. to people that seek that understanding. Right. Um, but before that, there needs to be the intention to actually absorb the information absorbing the information is not the end all be all right but you've got to at least start there and there's a very real possibility you said not everyone that has ears listen we um, understand that and and see that just kind of in our in daily situations in our life the the one that stands out the most to me is like in how i read and maybe some of our audience maybe you can can relate to this have you ever read a book or you're reading something or maybe even reading the bible and like you read a whole page and you get to the end of the page and turn the page and then you think what did i just read <laughs> um, like you you read everywhere on the page right but it's not in there yes. um that that casual kind of approach right that can happen in our reading that can happen in our conversations with one another i need to be You're really careful yeah i need to be really careful about that with my wife yes <laughs> um, i'm bad at that sometimes i'm hearing the words she's saying but it's not right it's not penetrating right. um we need to make sure we don't do that just in our daily lives because that's not helpful in reading or in conversation with one another but it's especially important in our approach to god's word um we need to really apply ourselves whenever we we listen to what god is saying and let it penetrate one of the things my parents used to say growing up is that it seemed like whenever they would tell my brother and i or something it it would go in one ear and out the other um and that's what jesus is saying here make sure you're not the person <laughs> that the things that i say to you go in one ear 
and out the other. Yeah. Um, and, and it's important. It's not just that it's a courtesy to Jesus that we listen. Uh, his words are life. First John 1 talks about the word of life that was made manifest. Uh, John proclaiming this in First John. He says that's, that's eternal life. So if we don't pay attention to what Jesus is telling us here, uh, it's not just that we've disregarded and been disrespectful to Jesus in some way. It's that we miss out on the kingdom of heaven. We miss out on everything. So we better pay attention. Yeah. What do you make of this in verse 12, though? Is this a quotation? I think Isaiah 6, right? Mm -hmm. yep. um, it, it seems that he's saying the parables serve this dual purpose, why they, they simultaneously reveal truth to those that see the connection between these two things, as well as concealing the truth from people who would just say, well, that's just a story. Uh, what a childish kind of thing um there's nothing impressive about that and they reject it and move on so you've got this revelation that also uh keeps secret from from people who would uh oppose it is that kind of the idea you see yeah yeah and i think that that shows up elsewhere in scripture that idea of this this kind of singular thing that sifts through people um jesus will talk about like light the light is a huge thing in, in the scripture. Um, that's what light does. Um, how people respond to light. The, the light in and of itself doesn't change, but the response that people have to light right. reveals what kind of person they are. If, if you hate the light, um, then you're in a situation where you're trying to hide, you're trying to hide your actions. Um, you don't want people to know about you. You don't want your life to be manifest to people. And so you're, you're unrighteous. But if you love the light, that really reveals what kind of person that you are, that, that you don't have anything to hide, that you're ready to come and be out in the open and share your life or different things like that. So Jesus will talk about that. Paul will also say, even, even within the church, that type of thing can happen. In 1 Corinthians 11, um, when Paul is discussing the, the Lord's Supper and the abuse of the Lord's Supper that was happening in Corinth, um, he, he mentions the divisions that are in the church in verse 18. And he says, I hear that there are divisions among you, and I believe it in part. And verse 19 says, for there must be factions among you in order that those who are genuine among you may be recognized. Um, there's this idea of whenever there is a, uh, a decision or an opportunity to follow God's word, those that truly buckle down and follow God's word reveal that they are genuine disciples of Christ, even in the midst of persecution or hardship, which is interestingly one of the types of soil that right. Jesus will discuss. Right. How you respond to adversity shows who you really are. But then there's also the same potential whenever God's word is, is confronted in your life to be the kind of person that buckles and proves yourself to not be genuine. You might be a nominal follower of Christ, um, which happened in, in Jesus's day as well. You mentioned you know, there are huge crowds, not all of the people in the crowds are really his disciples. They're kind of Jesus fans, but not really disciples. And so how you respond to what God actually says proves what kind of person you are. So God's words can either strengthen and build up, or they can tear you down and reveal your weakness. Um, also, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, I think, uh, the same kind of principle, the different building materials that are used in God's building. Right. Some of them are strong, some are burned up, mm -hmm. um, but they're they're both you know exposed to the fire. Yeah. So in verse uh, thirteen, Jesus talks about the feel bad. Do you not understand this one? Uh, it's simple. Yeah. 
Uh, but I think what he's getting at here, he's not trying to shame his disciples. He's trying to say, look, if you get this one, then you've got a key to understanding all of them. Yeah. Um, partly because of just the precedent that it sets for understanding the parables, but, but also probably because it's the teaching of this parable that helps you to understand so many of the others. Yeah. Uh, it, it's about paying attention. It's yeah. about listening. And not just listening, we'll look at that as we go. There, there are four soils. Um, the sower goes out to sow. And, and by the way, it, I mean, it's called parable of the sower. I think Matthew calls it parables. I would have called it parable of the soils, mm-hmm. but Jesus calls it the parable of the sower. So <laughs> who might argue? Uh, sower sows the word. Mm-hmm. So verse 14, he identifies, look, the seed is not just seed. Yeah. It's actually the word that I've been teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then verse 15 there are these different soils. One is this kind of hard, compacted path, lots of people walking on it. You know, it's not going to have any grass growing. And so the seed is exposed and it never gets a chance to get in there. The word is quickly taken away by Satan, uh, just like the birds. Um, I don't know, have, have you met people like this or maybe even been a person like this? Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, I, I've probably been this different times in my life where um, there's a situation where I, I want to do what I want to do. And I maybe know what God's word says about that. And I know that I'm condemned in doing that, but I do it anyway. That's, that's this kind of person. The person, how the Bible describes it, I think often is somebody who has hardened their heart. Mm. Um, I think about Pharaoh. Um, Pharaoh is this guy. Um, he asks, I think, and I don't know, can't read Pharaoh's mind, but I think the question he asks in Exodus 5 is not really sincere or heartfelt when Moses comes to him and says, the Lord of Israel commands to let his people go. And Pharaoh says, who's the Lord? I don't think he really is wanting to learn who's telling who the, who the Lord is. But he has this hard attitude of, yeah. I don't care who the Lord is. I don't care what he says. I'm Pharaoh. <laughs> I, I'm the ruler here and we can feel like that in our lives you know it's my life um and i can hear what god says but it's it's not going to penetrate it's not going to it's not going to you know cause me to feel any different uh, it's not going to cut me to the heart another way that the scriptures kind of refer to this is um maybe referring to our conscience and paul talks about um those people in first timothy chapter four that have a seared conscience which is a, an extremely dangerous so kind of like that place to be earth. yeah Heart becomes impenetrable yeah. because we've just continued to do what we know we should. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the Old Testament might use the word scoffer. Yeah. Uh, book of Proverbs, uh, Proverbs thirteen one. A wise son hears his father's instruction, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. Uh, in Proverbs fifteen um, verse twelve, a scoffer does not like to be reproved. He will not go to the wise. So the wise person. A humble person wants to be told what to do. They want to be told how to live according to God's will. And so when someone comes along and says, hey, what you're doing is not right, you need to change, they go, oh, wow, you they didn't know that. The scoffer says, what are you talking about? Like, who are you to tell me what to do? And they reject it. And I, I know I've done that myself. Uh, I've, I've spoken with people like this, and they just, you, the kind of person that can't be reasoned with, that refuses to listen. Someone who says, no, I've never read the Bible. I don't want to read the Bible. The only time I'll read the Bible is so that I can try to disprove it and point out all its errors. Mm-hmm. And we never actually give truth a chance. Mm-hmm. And Satan loves that. That makes his job super easy. And he wants his, he, 
Satan's done so much work just to keep the word of God out of people's reach. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we live in a culture more and more. We live, we live in a land of Bibles. We, we are a click away from hundreds of Bible translations for free. Mm-hmm. I mean, man, uh, I think about William Tyndale. And all, all the people gave up just so you could have an English translation, and they're available everywhere. And there are numerous websites just discounting the Bible, trying to get people not to read it. Uh, if you just stop and take a moment to invest, then you've already taken away some saying because you have the mm-hmm. word of God right there. But yeah. these people, Satan's like the birds picking up the seed from the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Verse 16. Uh, you ready to go on the next one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, so verse 16, uh, the second kind of soil is this rocky ground or rocky soil that's here. Um, and they're the ones, they, they get the word. And you remember back in the story, um, in, in the story that he told in verse 5, the seed that falls uh, where there's not much soil, it, it immediately springs up, um, but then it has no depth, depth of soil and the sun scorches it and it withers away. Jesus describes what that process is as somebody hears God's word and they're really excited about it. They're really joyful about it. It's really amazing. They're very captivated by it originally. Um, but it doesn't, again, penetrate very deeply. It, it doesn't root into their life. Um, I thought about maybe some different examples of what that could mean like practically, like what, what that kind of person is. First, it, it reminds me of just the language that's used there, that they, they hear it with joy. It reminds me of Ezekiel, where Ezekiel is kind of commissioned as the watchman of Israel. Israel is being taken captive and being deported by Babylon. And in the middle of that, um, Ezekiel is, is told to tell Israel why this is happening. It's because of your unfaithfulness, because of, of your lack of trust in God and devotion to his word. And God tells Ezekiel something really interesting and curious that the people are going to do when Ezekiel says that to them. He says in verse 30 of Ezekiel 33, as for you, son of man, your people who talk together about you by the walls and at the doors in the houses say to one another, each to his brother, come and hear the word that comes from the Lord. And they come to you as a people come and they sit before you as my people and they hear what you say, but they will not do it. For with lustful talk in their mouths, they act and their heart is set on their gain. And behold, you are to them like one who sings lustful songs with a beautiful voice and plays well on, the, on an instrument for they hear what you say, but they will not do it. Um, there's the situation where people are excited to hear what God has to say. So they say. But when push comes to shove and they have to make the hard decision, they won't do it. Um, when they're faced with peer pressure, they'll buckle to peer pressure. They won't stand up for truth. When um, their boss at work tells them to do something dishonest, they'll do it to not lose their job. Um, when they face some sort of temptation in their life, they'll immediately follow the temptation to please their desires. Um, when somebody threatens them um, and uh, you know tells them that if they don't stop teaching the truth or standing up for Christ, that they're going to lose something. They'll lose their job. Uh, they'll lose respect. They'll lose their life in some extreme situations. They'll stop and they won't talk about Jesus anymore. That's that kind of person. The person that's excited to show up to church, I think, excited to hear the sermon. But when the spotlight's shown on them and they need to make a stand for the Lord, they won't do it. Um, and I think that that this is my opinion is maybe the most common type of person that, that at least that I've met 
and I've been that person. I'm really ashamed to be that kind of person, um, especially considering all that Christ has done for us. And we haven't even gotten that far into Mark, but that's what this whole gospel is about. Right. Think about all the things that Christ suffered and went through for us, what he was willing to deny himself of, what he was willing to, to fight through. And I'm not willing to be made fun of for a few minutes. Um, I'm not willing to, uh, you know, maybe lose some respect or to even lose my life, even though he was willing to do that for me. But I'm very excited to go and uh, listen to his word being said. Right. Um, that doesn't cut it. It, it. Being that kind of person that's just excited to hear God's word, or you listen to a lot of sermons in the week, or you're at church every single week or whatever, you know, that's great. And that's needed. We need to be involved with the brethren. Not affecting you to the point to where you feel more empowered to make the hard decisions. You're not opening your heart enough to what God's truth is actually saying. Yeah, and sometimes it's just hardships in general. Just life suddenly gets hard, yeah. and I expected Satan from those things, and he's not. And so, what good is it? And I'm just very discouraged, and I, I leave off. Faith needs to be coupled with endurance. Yeah. Reminded of uh, is it Second Peter? You know, all things have been given to us that pertain to life and godliness. Mm -hmm. Talk about adding to your faith virtue. Um, but there, there's a sense of I, I need to add to my faith. I need, I need to endure. There's a, a story in Exodus 4 and 5 that I think illustrates this as well. Uh, when Moses goes to the leaders of Israel after the burning bush, and he talks to the people, says, hey, God has sent me, uh, and we're going to go to Pharaoh. We're going to get you guys out of here. And they are super excited because they've been crying out to God now for a while. Deuteronomy 2 says they've been crying out to God. God heard them. Mm -hmm. And so in verse 31 of Exodus 4, the people believed when they heard the Lord had visited the people of Israel and they had seen their affliction, they bowed their heads and worshiped. So they believe and they're super excited. But then later when Pharaoh says, okay, make bricks, no straw, and it makes things really hard for them. Then these same people, Moses, five fourteen. why have you, uh, rather, uh, they're talking to the people, why have you made things so difficult for us? 521. The Lord look on you and judge. You made us stink in the sight of Pharaoh. If they're done believing, mm -hmm. um, and I think that can happen to us. We initially believe how happy this is. It is good news. Yeah. But then we only hear part of it. We don't nurture all of it. Um, yeah. So so Mark Mark four here is going to help us to see more of, of what it costs. Yeah. The third soil. Um, I think so. You see the second soil as being really common. I also see the third soil as being really. The third soil is actually a really fertile soil because mm -hmm. there's a lot growing there. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of potential with the soil, except that it's busy growing thorns and thistles and briars so that when the word sprouts and begins to grow, it can never actually do what it was made to do. Um, we planted a bit of a garden at our house. And uh, maybe you've had this experience before. You plant tomato plants or pepper plants or squash plants. And we get these long runners, big, beautiful leaves, and nothing. <laughs> it's just the most frustrating thing. You're so excited, uh, and nothing <laughs> grows. And that's what's happening with this thorny soil is stuff grows, but then because 
it is the, the soil is so tapped out uh, by all the other things growing in it, enough nutrients can't actually get to the plant, mm -hmm. to the word, and produce fruit. And that's what we're looking for. Yeah. So Jesus says, if you're distracted by these other things, and not even necessarily sinful things, mm -hmm. uh, just riches, desire for other things, uh, it doesn't even necessarily have to be sin. It could just be things that that are more important to us than obeying Jesus. Again, that makes us unfruitful. Uh, that's what he's looking for. He's looking for fruit. Yeah, and some of some of the things maybe it's maybe it's a life stage thing of some of the primary things that might draw too much of our attention or devotion. Right. Um, you know, for me in, in my younger years, it was um, uh, sports. Um, really drew a lot of my time and energy. Um, I had a lot of practices, practice every day, getting ready for the games, uh, in the off season, preparing for the season, and yeah. you know, all those different kinds of things. Um, sports aren't bad, you know, it's, it's good to enjoy and be able to, uh, you know, spend time with people and you know, get some physical exercise. Those are good things. But I'm reminded what Paul says in First Timothy 4 um, that bodily training has some value. But godliness is of value in every way. Um, it's valuable in this life and in the life to come. You know, sports have some value to them. I learned some good life lessons from sports. I, I got some discipline and some training and some, some physical health from sports. That's not going to do me a lot of good <laughs> whenever I don't have this body anymore. Right. Um, and we can be distracted by so many different things. One of the striking things in Jesus' teaching is even some of the things that are good can be distracting to the point where we're not bearing the fruit that we need to our families right can become a distraction um can become something that chokes out god's word uh in our lives and so you know we need to seek first god's kingdom and and his righteousness uh, not be distracted by all this one, one of the things um it's, it's not written into the parable but it's something to think about is is it possible if these soils there are hearts is it possible to cultivate, recultivate a heart so there's no longer this wayside soil, uh, it's no longer this stony ground or thorny ground? Um, what does it take? Uh, yeah. With the wayside soil, it takes some, some digging. With the, the stones, some shoveling, uh, some pruning and hacking and uprooting. And so there are ways, if you find that this is where I am, this is who I am, you don't have to be that way. Yeah. We, we can change, we can grow. And so, uh, I imagine some of our listeners may be on Facebook listening. And uh, Facebook, we're going to choose. What are you going to do when you're done listening? You're going to keep scrolling and moving on to the next distraction. Uh, we are we are such a distracted people, so easily distracted. And it's our choice. We get to decide what kind of heart we have. We get to change. We get to decide that we don't want to be this way. We want to listen to Jesus. Yeah. So it's possible to intentionally hack away at things that captivate our devotion, our, our desires, and instead nurture the word, spend some time putting it in practice, mm -hmm. which is that fourth soil that I hope we're all looking forward to being. Um, it, it accepts the word, hears the word, uh, and they start putting it in practice. That's verse 20. They bear fruit, and, and that's the real test. Um, and some of it bears a lot of fruit, some of it not so much. Um, but it's just an incredibly uh, active soil, and it's putting as much effort as it possibly can into the bearing of, of fruit, um, which takes us back to the listening. You know, it's not just hearing. It's not just what you do with your ear. 
it's a hearing that implies obedience. Yeah. There's a, a passage in Hebrews 5 uh, that I found helpful. Uh, the writer of Hebrews is saying, hey, uh, you've been listening by now. You should have been much further ahead. Uh, you, should, you ought to be teachers, in fact. But he says in Hebrews 5, verse 14, that the mature have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice, constant practice of the word, I think, to distinguish good from evil. Uh, practice isn't pretty. I'm talking about sports. Like we practice what we're not good at. And so we don't sit around waiting until we're good at being holy, until we're good at being obedient to our actual crimes. Uh, making a mess of things while we try to do what Jesus tells us to do. Yeah. And it's not going to be perfect. Uh, I don't know that it's ever going to be perfect until he comes, but we're, we're busy trying to bear fruit in the ways that we can right now. And you know, each season, I'm hoping for more cucumbers and hoping for more tomatoes and more peppers. And it ought to be that as, as children of God, listening to his word, putting it into practice more and more, it grows and grows and, and we start producing more and more. And I think we see that in these next few parables that Jesus teaches about before being added. Yeah. But I won't get too far ahead. Yeah. What else do you see there through verse uh, 20? Yeah. And uh, I was pointing out one more thing because I think this helps move into verse 21 um, and understand kind of the direction Jesus is going, what he's trying to say. Um, one of the uh, problems or things, oh, we don't have a very good connection. Sorry about that. Um, this will hopefully be recorded. So be able to um but we'll keep going through the recording um one of the consistent things throughout this explanation that jesus says and really going all the way back to verse three i pointed this out verse three and verse nine of chapter four but it, the idea continues of a consistent theme through this section is this idea of hearing um one of the commonalities between all four types of soil is they all hear the word um you look at verse 15 right they heard it you look at verse 16, they heard it. You look at verse 18, they heard it. Verse 20, they heard it. But it pr produced different results in all of them. And that's why Jesus is telling this story. Um, it's not just good enough to hear it. It matters what happens with it after you hear God's word. And so he goes on, I think, to expound on that in verse 21 and following by talking about uh, a lamp. Um, so he says in verse 21, is a lamp brought to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except that they manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Jesus' point is, you know, Think about this. Why do you light a lamp? You don't light a lamp to hide the light and not use the light. You light a lamp because there's a dark room and you need to be able to see. And in their culture, that would have been a complete waste of fuel. Right. We waste electricity, but we don't think about where the electricity comes from necessarily. In yeah. their time, you get a limited amount of oil and you're not just going to burn it. Yeah. You want to use it for a reason. Yeah. And so the connection with what Jesus has been talking about is why do you listen to the word of God? You don't listen to the word of God just to memorize the scriptures. You don't listen to the word of God just to be able to prove to somebody how much knowledge you have. You don't listen to the word of God just to be able to teach other people what God's word says. You listen to God's word to change you. 
and become more of what God wants you to be. That's why. And like, you think about, uh, I love Ezra as an example of that. This is a super famous verse in Ezra 7, verse 10. Ezra set his heart to know the word of God, to do it, and to teach it. And I like that it's in that order. Because right. I think that's the right order. I want to learn it. I want to apply it to myself. And then I'll share it with people. Right. You're wasting fuel. Right. You're, you're not using God's word for the purpose it was intended. It's not just a, a frivolous thing. That's an important thing that has serious implications in the eternity of your soul. And I think that's Jesus' point in verse 25. The one who has more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has not will be taken away. And then right before that in verse 24, the, the measure that's used to you um, is the measure, or the measure that you use is the measure that will be used to you. It's this idea of if you are constantly hearing God's word, but you're being one of the first three soils, either the kind of person that's not being penetrated right. or the kind of person that gets really excited but fizzles out easily or the kind of person that's too distracted and, and not really nurturing and bearing fruit. Um, God notices that and that makes a difference in how God will judge you later on. There's more responsibility added the more exposure we have to God's word. Um, and more resources. Yeah. Uh, more responsible, uh, the more we hear, but the more we practice, it provides more wisdom. Um, I think Proverbs 4 uh, kind of describes that process in a, a very visual way. It describes Proverbs as parables. Um, but he describes this idea of, of growing because we know wisdom. Uh, Proverbs 4.18, the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn. Shines brighter and brighter until full day. Uh, so you get this picture of going further and further down this path of righteousness. And the further I go, I see, and the more clearly I can safely walk down this path. And so Jesus is saying, if you listen, you put into practice what I'm teaching you, uh, you'll be bearing more and more fruit as time goes on. So I, I think you're exactly right. Uh, we, we need to be mindful of the light that we've been given. Uh, this is not a passage, I don't think, that describes us as the light. Mm -hmm. uh, that's Matthew, Matthew 5, you're the light of the world, salt of the earth. We be constantly exposed to this light. There's a there's a habit of coming to read God's word regularly. And so if we're not exposing ourselves again and again to God's word, then we're going to be blind in this world. Yeah. yeah. And, and I like what he says, again, because rounding out that whole idea in verse 24, he says, pay attention to what you hear. Um, that, that ends where he started with. <laughs> uh, listen up. Um, I really like um, maybe different people have different opinions. My favorite gospel to read and, uh -oh. and study Luke, um, which I like how Luke words it in, in Luke chapter 8 is the parallel passage to, to Mark 4 and in Luke 8 Jesus is recorded as saying take care how you listen um, it's not just um, you know listen but make sure that you're analyzing yourself to listen in the right way there are plenty of incorrect ways to listen there are at least Right. At least three. Yeah. <laughs> in Mark right, 4. Right. 
Um, but there are probably a lot more of incorrect ways you can come up with of how to listen. How we listen matters. Just just showing up is not good enough. Just ingesting, you know, God's word is, is helpful. And I think there's there's innate benefit in reading God's word and exposure to God's word. But what Jesus, I think, is showing here is it takes more initiative, it takes more discipline than just being a fan of Jesus. Yes. There were plenty of people that came and heard what Jesus said, but they weren't willing to change. They weren't willing to seek to understand and they fell short right. of where they should have been. And that can still happen today. People that like to show up, like to wear a, you know, I heart Jesus t-shirt or whatever. But when push comes to shove and they have to make the hard decisions, they're not interested. Yeah. Um, and that just falls short. Is Ray old enough for you to give him instruction like, hey, go to the room mm -hmm. tell mommy to do something or ask for something? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you ever find you have to like repeat yeah. and be more specific and say it in a different way. And, and even you know, my children are older, I have an almost 13 year old, uh, almost 11 year old, and down, stair stepping down. Um, and it doesn't matter how old they get, there are times you have to like, hey, stop, hey, take, listen carefully now. And then give you four instructions <laughs> and, uh, and you've got to do this right. And there's one child in particular. And he just gets in his mind. He knows what I'm going to say before I say it. Uh, and he thinks he knows what I'm talking about. And he just goes to do it. And he comes back and he has to keep coming back until he gets it right. <laughs> and it's like, well, you just listen the first time. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not listening with the intent of, oh, I'm going to do what daddy told me to do, then you're not really paying attention. And maybe it would change the way we read the Bible if we approached it always with, all right, when I close this book, I'm going to put into practice what I just read. Yeah. Um, instead of just, I want to learn something, or I want to do this in a devotional way, or I want to. Some strategies where I'm going to start doing what I just read. Uh, otherwise, it's a waste of a resource, uh, and we're hardening our hearts. And we're going to not receive the blessings that God wants to give. Mm -hmm. yeah. Is that about all we have time for today? Yeah, I think that's it. Um, um, so that's there are a few more parables and stories Jesus will tell here in Mark 4, but we'll get to those in our future shows. Um, so thank you all for uh, listening this afternoon. Um, to our audience, the, those who download the podcast later on, thank you. If you have any questions about what we talked about today or anything you'd like us to discuss in more detail, you can let us know or any other Bible questions that you have. We'd be happy to, to listen to those and, and answer them as best we can from God's word. So you can give us those at uh, BibleQuest.tv and we'll be uh, looking for those questions and comments in our uh, future shows. That's all we have for this week. So thank you and we'll see you next week. Okay.